All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Can you see it? Did you know But the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's Get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, 
I would ask how you're doing, as I always do, but I do know that neither of us are really doing well, given the events today, how everything unfolded with TSN 1040. Chris, I'll let you kind of go off here a little bit, just kind of explain to people who maybe haven't heard about it yet, just what exactly happened to TSN 1040 this morning. Yeah, so I guess if we just want to go from the very start, it, it happened at about 9 o'clock this morning when the news came in that uh, TSN 1040, uh, the Team 1040, uh, the 1040 AM station that you know sports fans in Vancouver have been tuning into for 20 years. Uh, there's been some absolutely legendary moments on that station. I've tuned into it you know, religiously over the, the past five or six years or so, I'd have to say. And today there was news just after nine o'clock that came down that the whole station was getting shut down. Uh, and then we later found out it was turning into a comedy station on Friday. Uh, guys like Matt Sakaris, Blake Price, you know, Donnie and the Moj, Halford and Bruff, not to mention all the producers behind the scenes, uh, Jeff Patterson, all of these people lost their jobs. The producers, uh, you know, Chantel Shand, uh, looking at Rob Fay as well on the night show, all of these people lost their jobs today because Bell decided to completely cut them out and, and fire them. I mean, they fired them. They got rid of them. They got rid of that whole network, and that's it's it's cruel. I think later on in the conversation, uh, we're gonna have Corey Hergott join us and Brian Weeb join us as well. Corey Hergott obviously joining us for riding the bus, and Brian Weeb from BCIT Radio. He's a he's a teacher for us uh, in that program and one of the the lead guys on the radio side of things. So he's gonna break it down a lot more in depth. I think we're just gonna give the emotional side of it because I I was man, it was just brutal news to see that today. Like it, it feels like a dream almost like it feels like it isn't real that 1040 is literally just no more at this point. And I just feel for everybody that lost their jobs because of the, the effort and hours and sweat and tears and blood that people have put into this job to, to bring out a product that has been so good and well known in the Vancouver market for 20 years. Think of the, think of the moments that this station has had in the 2011 run. I mean, what they've done in world juniors every single year, the guests that come on this show, the interviews with with Tony Gallagher and, and Ray Ferraro and Jason Botchford over the last 20 years and and now you get this thing just completely taken out from underneath you I thought it was like I said I think it was cruel what Bell did after you can get into this a little bit more but what was it, 122 million dollars to help keep people employed is what they yeah, gave somehow a, that was a government subsidy of 122 million dollars that's Jeez. what they got to try and get them through the pandemic and keep people employed. They posted good numbers. This is all public information. You can go look it up. You can see that Bell was doing just fine. And it's a shame because if you're going to shut down the station, okay, and let's just let's just remember this station has been around as long as I've been alive, Chris. Uh, I grew up with this station. I know you did. I was. I remember listening to the Moj when I was like seven years old, or I think I might have been a little bit older. But I I remember hearing hearing him on, and my dad saying to me like, "Oh yeah, this is this is Bob Marjanovic. He's really funny." And my dad my dad was a huge Moj fan, uh, and like I I remember that, and I like grew up with that. And you know, obviously Don Taylor goes you know goes without saying, seeing him on Sportsnet Connected for so so long and then having him move to the radio side and so many other talented individuals like the list just goes on but that's kind of like you know that's kind of why I was so shocked because it was like I grew up with these guys and I grew up with this station and now it's gone and I think the thing that kind of surprises you the most Chris is that after such a successful run in this city and in this market 
and being so driven by the fans, interactive, you know, it was it was a station that a lot of people listened to and it was a station that a lot of people texted into and felt their voices were heard by with the hosts. So what shocks me is, is if you're going to do this, I think there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. And I think there's multiple right ways, but if there was one wrong way, Bell nailed it today, didn't they? They took over the mics at 9am. The producers and the hosts had no idea what was going on. They, they took over the mics. Like the mics were just gone. And it was this robotic message that said, yeah, as of Friday uh, at 7am, it's going to be a new station. Uh, the future of the station will be announced. And it was, it was over. It was just over like that. And I just snapped my fingers. But what I do want to say is one way that I think it should have been done, right? Is if you're going to do this, you announce it, you give everybody at least one show, every host, one show to say goodbye to their listeners, leave on their own terms, and make it great one last time. It wasn't like that. There was no farewell. There was nothing. There was a robotic message. And then there was Green Day. Like, what was the song they played from Green Day? It was, it was Good Riddance. Like, oh, how beautiful. tone deaf is that? Holy, oh my gosh. We are not. We don't swear on this podcast. This is a family show. But, uh... That's that's a tough look for Bell, man. And, you know, like I said, if there was a wrong way to do it, like a, a absolutely wrong way to do it, like the worst way you could have done it, I think Bell nailed it. Like, I, I think they've done an exceptional job at doing it the wrong way. Yeah, I, I think you're bang on. And I just think, man, like, you know, if they're gonna, if it was going to be that the station had to shut down for certain reasons, I think you're bang on quads. I think you're you're perfectly right saying what you just said there. I think that give give them one show to you know talk to their listeners, talk their way through things. I mean, you know, Sakaris and Price have been running that afternoon show ever since they switched over from the afternoon slot, and they've been absolutely crushing it. And even when they were in the afternoon slot, they were crushing it there as well. And there you have been one of the shows and one of the two people I think in this market that have, I wouldn't say driven the conversation, but man, have they ever pushed it in a lot of different ways, right? I mean, they have brought up so much over the past few years here. They post good numbers every single time we see the numbers come out. And that's just a one example. I mean, all the shows you mentioned it like Donnie and the Moj, like those guys are absolute legends in this market from what they've done for sports coverage over the years and 20 plus years here. And to see it just end so abruptly was, was, it was cruel. I, that's like the, I keep coming back to that word, but like, that's the only word that I can see being fitting here for the situation. I thought it was absolutely cruel the way that they went, went by this. And I, I don't know what to say. I mean, hearing some of the, the things about the 122 or $123 million that was given to them to keep jobs. And then you saw just last week, guys like Dan O'Toole and, and Natasha Staniszewski that lost their jobs from TSN that were well-known faces. And now you thought, you kind of thought like, oh, I guess 1040 kind of slid by. I think PJ even tweeted about it last week, like 1040 yeah. slides by it. Um and then you just have this come down. It was an absolute hammer, I think, and it just shocked everyone on this Tuesday morning. And I, I don't know, like I, I don't really have much to say on the whole situation because I just think it's, it's disgusting. I think it's absolutely disgusting what the company Bell has done to these employees after doing Bell Let's Talk Day within what ten days since we've had Bell Let's Talk Day, a day where mental health is something that they want to talk so much about. And now you're going to take hundreds if not thousands of people i'm sure looking at the the firings and layoffs that they've done over the past little bit 
that is what you're going to do to people during a pandemic after you took money from the government, after you get money from the government just for running Canadian audio on a radio station, and you're going to turn around and put thousands of people in a situation during COVID where they are just, their families rely on them to have these jobs, go into work every day and do a great job. And that's what they do. They show up at 1040 and they did an incredible job every single day, whether it was the morning guys entertaining us and breaking down hockey, the afternoon guys giving us a laugh, the, the after, I mean, the, the night show guys, the drive home with, with Sakaris and Price bringing us, I think some of the best radio that we've seen in this market. And not to mention Rob Fay absolutely changing the game with his night show. And just getting people online. Hundreds. This guy is doing Facebook live videos where he's getting 400 plus people commenting on it. Like Rob has changed the game for nighttime radio. And to let these people go. And just a snap of a finger. Like you mentioned. Like it's evil. It's it's evil. It's cruel. It's it's coming from a big company like that. And it's just. It's disgusting. I, I hated seeing everything this morning about it. Yeah. It's. It's really tough. And. Look, I get it. I get that there's going to be people listening to this episode who probably haven't heard our show before, and maybe you're starting to look for some new content. I promise Chris and I are much more upbeat and much more entertaining than we are right now, so if you're a new listener to the show, it's not like this every yeah. week. But one thing I think Chris and I can both say is that, you know, this is fresh, right? Like, this is fresh for the host. We've reached out to... You know, I'm sure you have as well, Chris. I haven't really talked to you about it, but like, you know, I was talking with Sakaris today, Bruff, you know, all these guys, the list goes on and just, you know, you know, offering my uh, apologies and just, you know, like it's such a cruel industry, right? And it's one that we're kind of breaking into. And I think one thing that we'll want to do down the road is once these, once these guys and girls have had some time to kind of process it and get, you know, acclimated with their new realities, like... I think I think we have to have some of them on the show. Like that's what this show was built on. This show was built on having guys like Jason Botcher on the show, on having Sakaris on the show, on having Blake Price on the show, Jeff Patterson. The list goes on. You, I think you've had every. Actually, have you had Donnie in the Moj, Chris? Uh, the only people I haven't had on Mike Halford, um, McClutch in the morning. Haven't had him on. So, most some of the producers I've had Wadden on. Um, but no, I, yeah, I missed on the host. I haven't had Halford on. I haven't had Moj on. I haven't had Don on, but you know, Moj is a guy that like, you know, people give it to Moj all the time, right? Like people make fun of him. I think he does it to himself quite a bit as well, but I'll, I'll, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but when I went to that Jason Botchford night, there was, there was a lot of intimidating people there. You know, what I, what I looked at as, as intimidating people, because it was Matt Sakaris, it was Don Taylor, it was, you know, Scott Rintoul, these guys that I, I probably was pretty nervous to talk to. And Moj came right up to me right off the bat because I was a texter into 1040 all the time. And he said, Faber from Nanaimo, like, what's going on? Going off and talking to me so much. And he's like, let's go, let's go introduce you to some people, man. You got to meet some people. And Moj brought me around that room as we drank orange shock tops uh, for about an hour and introduced me to probably 20 to 25 people um, in the media realm. And he didn't have, like, why would he do that? Like, why, why, what, what does he have to gain from walking around and introducing me to all these people that helped me so much? That have helped me create connections with people, get interviews, talk to players, talk to agents, everything. Just give me advice. Like, Moj went out of his way to just be a nice guy. And I just think that that sucks when we saw so many nice people lose their job from some... At uh, at Bell that decided to just snap their fingers and get rid of him. I could say that. I wanted to say the other word, but I'm just going to say that. But 
like these are some great people that lost their livelihood today and lost their jobs and their careers to a certain degree. We're going to see these guys bounce back and girls bounce back, obviously in certain things. They're too talented not to, but I was, yeah, I just, there's a lot of really nice people that lost jobs today. And and that's something you just hate to see. Absolutely. And you know, you kind of touched on it there. There's endless amounts of people who have helped us in this industry. Right. And you know, Let's go, let's go across, right? The other side, Satyar Shah. He's a guy who's helped us a ton. He's been on the show numerous times. He's always gracious, met up with us during the pandemic. You know, we were able to meet distance and just kind of chat with him. It was great during the summer there. Um, but, you know, it's just, it, it's not even about Radio Wars at that point. It's about, you know, and, and you saw that. Like, you saw Sat and Bic open up and... I think Cambaro was on there as well. You saw yeah. them open up Canuck Central at noon today, um, just talking about 1040. And, you know, sat going through the list of all the people, basically, and, you know, talking about everybody there and talking about how he wouldn't be there without 1040 at 650 in the in the primetime slot. Like, Sat's the PM drive show host there. And I think, you know, like, it'd be easy for Sat and whoever else at that station to just say, yeah, well, this this is great. We're going to have more listeners now. But that's not it. Like, you don't like to see people lose their jobs. It's not good for our market. And you even saw Andrew Walker tweet that out as well. He said, like, our market is worse off for it. Like, having having one station and having, you know, one big voice driving on the radio, that's not good for the market. And the six, that's not even a knock against the 650 host, whatever. Like, that, that's not what this is. That's something no. they're saying because it's true. Like... The more conversation and the more voices in this market, the better. And well, it, yeah, I, I'll just cut you off here because like it, for it. it makes you be better, right? Like I'm in the six, I, I work at 650, right? Like I'm in the group chats where, and it was absolute devastation from every single person at 650 today. And I think that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. And, and you mentioned it, like, let's, let's look at how, like, Sat's a great example. Sat got his start in the morning show with bro Jake and Dave Pratt, right? He got that start at 1040. He never had any experience in sports radio before that. He was a guy who worked in, you know, talk radio or sorry, like actual music radio, whatever you want to call it, like hits and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they gave him a shot. Like 1040 has done so much right in the past five years, I think, that they have given people shots. They've given Chantel Shand, who's one of the best in this market, if you listen to Rob Rob Faye Nation Radio, if you listen to her, like her show that they were giving her an opportunity to run was was dynamite like the and certain yep. situations with like with even even their program director in trevor martin started out just producing weekend shows at ten forty, but they've done such a good job of of keeping their talent and putting their talent in the right spots to have success that they've run their company so well interiorly at ten forty that it's just <laughs> internally. ridiculous internally what did i say <laughs> interiorly well, listen, I'm all jacked up here, and I just That's... I I look at it from another. I just want to touch on this real quick because we have Brian Weed joining us later too from BCIT, yeah. and look at look at people in our situation, quads. Like, look at every single student in the online journalism, the radio arts program. Like, there's hundreds and hundreds of students that are in their first year or second year, or potentially even just coming out of school now, that are unfortunately having to have if they want sports to be a future for them. They just got it cut in half by Bell. By no one to blame but Bell, I think, at this point. Like, and that is just so unfortunate. There's a lot of us. Like, I 
man, I, I listened to 1040. I loved that station. I, the, from the first day that I listened and I heard the very first person on that station that I heard was a call with Jason Botchford. I've talked about this on the show and I was blown away with how much fun it was to hear them talk about Canucks. And I wanted to do that as well. I wanted to work at, you know, 1040 in the future. I wanted to, to have that afternoon show or the mid show, you know, one of these things I wanted to host a show at 1040. I wanted to host Vancouver radio. Like that's why I moved here from the Island after living on the Island for 26 years. I moved here from watching and listening and seeing what you could do having a job in a sports radio station. And I just find it so unfortunate for so many students in the exact same situation that you and I are in, or just a year in ahead of us. Like, this is, it's just, it doesn't just affect the people that are working here. It affects everybody around it too. And I think for it to happen so swiftly was just, I, I'm coming back to, it was just cruel. It was cruel and disgusting what they did. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate for sure. And it's just, it's like, you know, we rag on bell. Absolutely. And we should, but it is the nature of the industry. And that's something Brian's going to talk about. Uh, it's it's really unfortunate. I just, I hate the way they handled it. Like, I get if you have to shut the station down, whatever. Sure. Like, that's sure. that's a yeah. corporate decision, whatever. I just, I, I personally have a huge problem with the way they did it. It just seemed, you know, it just, it just seemed disrespectful. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we are very lucky on this show, Chris, to, you know, maybe one day you'll cut my mic when I'm talking about goalies for too long, but... I, you know, it's nice that we don't have to kind of report to anybody above us, right? And, you know, that's something we're gracious for, for sure. And again, it's a it's a funny time to plug this, but our Patreon, we have, you know, this is just to our Patreon subscribers. You have no idea, especially on a day like today, how much we appreciate you giving us your money every month to get bonus content and hear us talk about hockey and, you know, nice little giveaways too but you have absolutely no idea what that means to us and how much it helps us produce this show it just you know podcasts are the way of the future but man there's a lot of podcasts and there's not a ton of money and sponsorships to go around so we really appreciate all of you yeah the patreon people are are the best people and and to extend to that the, the you know the the sponsors of this show you know, whether it be Odd Shark, whether it be Zephyr Epic, whether it be Parallel, or the people at Labatt, like a big company like Labatt wants to help support what we're doing here at the Canucks Conversation. I find that great to see from a massive company that obviously doesn't find itself in the same level as what Bell's doing, but Labatt is a huge Canadian company. I don't know, might even be American to be honest. I'm pretty sure it's Canadian. But <laughs> what Labatt is touching that's not great for the for the sponsor here, but like the fact that a company that big is just coming down to support us, like that's great to see from a massive company that makes millions, if not billions of dollars. So, um, yeah, appreciate everybody. Appreciate the $5 donors, the $1.69 donors, uh, nice. the $10 hero tier donors. I mean, everybody that's helped us support, because I think you're right. Quads like to take a step back and look at where we are like that. This is the, this is a scary thing. To get into, I think, you know, to get into radio or whatever we want to do with producing content in sports. Like, I think JD, JD Burke had a really good post on Instagram about it. Like, unfortunately, we don't do this to to get into it for the money. I mean, I just heard I left a job at the mill where I was living very comfortably, making good money. Um, I was high up in the union doing some very exciting things. I, I thought I, you know, that's a job I could have been wealthy my whole life if I stayed there and worked. They just signed an eight-year contract with their union now. Uh, and congratulations to the folks uh, at Western Forest Products, Ladysmith. I know there are some listeners as well uh, on that eight-year deal. But 
like I left here, I left that place to come here and talk sports because it's, it's, I'm so passionate about it. Like I love doing this and to see that it can be taken away from you in a snap of a finger. I just, I hate it, man. I really hated seeing all that today. And I felt for the people. Um, and you guys will hear it as well. I talked with Corey Hergott, uh, just me and him about it. And you'll hear Corey. I mean, the way that Corey talks about things with Jeff, I mean, it, it, we got like, it was emotional. It was an emotional conversation that we'll hear after the break here, but that's all I really got to say on it. I think, um, for people that are, you know, regular listeners to the show, thanks for, for listening to us rant for, you know, I guess the full hour here is what you're going to get in total, but we'll be back with, um, Canucks talk on Saturday. We'll definitely have a lot to wrap up. Um, Vasily pod Colson's back in action. So you got that prospect report, but I guess, thank you for listening to us on this podcast form. Uh, if you're a first time listener, it's going to turn into Canucks talk on Saturday, but we had to do this episode. So, uh, that's it for me quads i guess i'll get to editing this episode so i'll leave it to you for the final word before we throw it to Corey. no i think you put it best man it's a it's a sad day for this market in this city and it's an even sadder day for everybody trying to get into the sports media industry so for chris faber my name is david Gudrelli. here are some ads followed by Corey hergott with riding the bus brian weeb our bcit instructor thanks again for joining us brian and then we'll close out after all that. You're listening to the Canucks Conversation. Zephyr Epic is Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. And you can use promo code Hockey Season with a capital H and a capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, to get $5 off your order exclusively for Canucks Conversation podcast listeners. Be sure to join them live on Twitch for Epic Case Break openings follow them on twitter and instagram and facebook at zephyr epic z-e-p-h-y-r epic on all platforms do you ever have a long work day where you just forget to hit the liquor store on the way home and then you got no beer for your game well problem solved folks same day delivery now from the folks at parallel 49 beer that's right the p49 crew is here and available on uber eats all that brew directly to you with Uber Eats and Parallel 49's online store. Shop.parallel49brewing.com or check out more information on their Twitter and Instagram pages at Parallel49Beer. Oddshark.com is your home for sports odds, picks, betting, and futures. Speaking of futures, my big bet right now is taking Braden Holtby to win the Vesna. You've heard Chris and I talk about that if there's anybody that can get Holtby back, it's Ian Clark. So we bet, well, we, I say we, it was just me. I bet that Braden Holtby would win the Vesna. That's my big bet. Go make a play at Oddshark.com. All right, short and sweet one here for our friends at Mike's Hard Lemonade, the Blue Freeze. If you haven't tried it, folks, you need to get out and try the Mike's Hard Blue Freeze. By far my favorite alcoholic beverage on the market right now. If you're going to just enjoy a few drinks at a game or it's a Saturday night and you got a Zoom party with some of your friends, take yourself down to the BC Liquor Store which or your local liquor store, wherever you get drinks, pick up some Mike's Hard Blue Freeze, the best tastiest drink on the market right now center ice got a forward nice move McEwen into the goal and he scores 
What a play by Zach McEwen, who draws the Comets to within one. A little shimmy shake. Joining me now, it is time for the Riding the Bus segment with Corey Hergott. That's right, our returning back for a second week. All season long, we're going to get Corey back for the midweek shows. Corey, first off, how are you doing today? It's been um, some tough news that we woke up to this morning about TSN 1040. It's kind of been the theme of the episode, and, and I just wanted to maybe get your thoughts on what TSN 1040 has meant to you, maybe as a listener first, but then as a contributor later on. Well, see, for me, Chris, uh, TS, well, I'm not even going to call it TSN 1040. Team 1040 for me goes back to sports page. I'm pushing 50 here, right? So I go back to Paul Carson and Barry McDonald and Don Taylor and Dave Randorf and those guys, uh, on sports page. And then when that, uh, when that shut down, uh, Paul Carson got Team 1040 going and, and, uh, you know, that was, that was where that that was the very first all sports station that I ever listened to. The only one that I ever really had any interest in listening to back then. And uh, you know, for me, it was any job I was doing um, usually had that playing in the background. Uh, you know, you want to be catching up on all your information all the time. I can remember during uh, you know trade deadline days where. You know, the whole shop, wherever I was working, whether it be at an automotive body shop or at a car dealership, you'd have, you know, 15 or 20 people standing around a radio on trade deadline day instead of doing their job because that's where the where the information was coming from. And, and uh, you know, that's uh, you've got guys there that and women there that have worked really, really hard and uh, put a lot of, you know, effort and time away from their families into building that brand up and uh you know today they were unceremoniously uh dumped and and that's just not a good feeling for anybody well absolutely and we're gonna get into the nature of of that i mean we're gonna try and get some explanations from brian weeb who's gonna join us um from bcit radio to kind of break down the situation later in the episode but i mean it's so tough to see like i'm in the same boat as you not i mean not it's i'm not pushing 50 i'm not a grandpa cory but i've been listening to uh tsn yeah team 1040 for quite a long time um it's the thing that got me into radio it's the thing that got me into podcasting it's the thing that made me move over here to vancouver i mean it's it's just horrible to see these people who have put in so much work i just there's one that just sticks out it's like what rob fay has been able to do on the night show i mean that the stuff that he's been able to do on the night show is so different and it feels like tsn 1040 Team 1040 is the only place that they really could have got away with that. And it's it seemed like it was just great people, a great workplace. And I think the way that it happened and the way that it shook down this morning with, you know, Halford and Bruff cutting to break and coming back with a, a message with a robotic voice saying that things were moving on. And then good riddance to play after that. After 20 years in this market, it was it's just horrible to see. But, I mean, I, I want to get 
maybe some of the interactions that you have had with people that unfortunately lost their jobs today. Uh, I know that you've obviously talked a lot with Sakaris and Price over the years and Andrew Wadden as well, uh, J.D. Burke on Rinkwide. Like, what has it been like for you to be able to, to you know, hone your craft covering this Comets team and then get the opportunity to, to cover on it and talk about it on a radio station like Team 1040? Well, and that's just it, Chris. I mean, that was that. I kind of went off a little bit sideways when I going on about how how it happened. But uh, what I was kind of getting at there is like it. Team Ten Forty has been a part of my life for a long time, and and uh, my very first uh, radio hit ever was uh, on JD Burke and uh, John Abbott's Rink Wide Show back when they were first doing it. Right, and uh, that was even before it was live. We recorded the my first ever episode or segment with them. Uh, we recorded the day before on a Friday, which actually happened to be my birthday, which was really just incredible timing. Yeah. And and I can remember like sweating through my clothes. I was so nervous. Oh, I'm like, God, I'm going to be on Team 1040. Like I've listened to this station for so long and now I'm actually going to be on there talking about hockey. And, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, no matter how much I stumbled and over my words, uh, Dylan and, and, uh, John had me back several times over that season. And, uh, you know, my very first time talking prime time on the radio, I, I got a, a message from Jason Botchford saying, I'm filling in for Sakaris with, uh, Price this afternoon. Do you want to come on and talk comments? And, mm-hmm. You know, if Jason Botchford asks you to come on the radio, you, you don't say no. So <laughs> that was uh, an absolutely incredible experience for me as well. And, and uh, you know, those guys gave me time to to talk about the Comets. And, and back then, it, it wasn't, uh, there weren't as many people that all that interested in, in hearing about the Comets. It was kind of an out of sight, out of a, out of mind topic. And, uh, you know, those guys gave me a chance to talk about it and... Uh, you know, it just kind of snowballed a bit from there after we all know, uh, you know, Ian Cooper, uh, Coop from, from Twitter after he passed, uh, uh, you know, Matt Sakaris and Blake Price, they, they knew that Coop and I were close and, and how much Coop meant to the Twitter community. And, uh, you know, they invited me to come in studio and, and speak with, uh, with them about Coop and, and to opportunity to speak about an incredible person for you know 15 or 20 minutes whatever it was um you know that was i I can't put it into words chris it's it meant so much to me to be able to do that at that time for for myself and for his family um you know and you've got a guy like like jeff patterson i like i i never any ambition to be a writer uh, I was playing around on Twitter with the Tron Army guys years ago, making photoshops, and and we had a lot of fun at the TS uh, the Team Ten Forty guys' expense with the photoshops. <laughs> Jeff Patterson, uh, Matt Sakaris, Blake Price. It was a constant thing where we were putting their faces onto any other picture that we wanted. <laughs> they were all very very graceful about it, and and actually, you know, they Dutch photoshop competitions that we would do on game nights on twitter very very accommodating to just a bunch of people screwing around on twitter making funny pictures 
but I I always noticed, and I mean, I think if a person goes back, looks through my Twitter timeline somewhere, you'll find a picture that I, uh, a Photoshop that I made of Jeff Patterson, uh, basically as a one-man band. And I was talking about how he was the hardest working man in sports media in, in this market. When you've got somebody that was, you know, they're writing, they're on the radio, they're doing podcasts, they're all over the place. And like, you've seen, you've, you've been at training camps and stuff now, Chris, you've seen Jeff Patterson in action. The, the guy's and doesn't have a job and I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but that really bothers me that I tried really hard to work as hard as Jeff does. And, uh, when a guy that works that hard through no fault of his own is suddenly out of work, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. No, it, it shocks me. I'm with you too, and it's just, it's unfortunate. I mean, we've, like, I don't know, you get to this point, and, and we're not going to break down the whole situation because, I mean, we're we're not the right people, I guess, to get into the, the business side of things, I don't think. But just looking at it from the fans' perspective and what we see, and like you mentioned, people have listened to this station for 20 years, and just to have it taken away in a morning is just absolutely disgusting act by, like, from, from Bell, what we've seen here, to be honest, and... I, I don't know where these guys are going to go from here. These guys are, are too talented, and girls as well. I mean, what they've been able to do on TSN 1040 over the past little bit and, and move forward, making everything better, you know, challenging everyone else in the market. When 650 came into the market, it felt like 1040 just moved their game up to another level as well. And, yeah, it's 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 just so cruel, right? Like, I don't know if there's another word to that better describes it than just having a cruel finish to things where guys were in studio ready to do their show, they were in the midst of a show, and they go away from it. Like, there's a lot of these people that are going to find jobs, but that's just so tough because, like, what they were doing for 1040 was so specific, right? Like, not a lot of what they did for 1040 is going to translate to other jobs, but those guys just seem to be a perfect fit. You bring up J-Pat, like, how, like, you mentioned it, he, he works his ass off. Every single training camp, every single practice, every time I've seen him, the guy is just dialed in. Uh, in the rink or around the rink and doing his calls like yeah i i know that that guy's gonna find another good job somewhere or if even if he's just with the athletic and doing stuff with the podcast like everybody's gonna tune in i just i hate that the decision had to come from such a higher up too i think and just the way it came down it just felt disgusting it felt cruel well if you look at like the bite that's been taken i mean let's face it these are all uh professionals these are all people that are very good at their jobs and they will land on their feet it sucks right now that that they've been you know their jobs have been taken away some of them it might take longer than others but these people are going to land on their feet but right now that's a huge bite that's been taken out of our market these are people that have kept us informed and kept us informed in ways that other people in in our market can't and and that's just a fact i mean we all have our niche and we all have our you know you got a guy like rick dollywall that's dialed in with every agent on the planet um he he knows things that happen before you know (laughs) i think sometimes before the general managers (laughs) of teams know and you know that's been for the moment taken away from us and you've got Sakaris and Price who've always had uh, the conversation going on their show and finger on the pulse and and you've got uh, Halford and Bruff same thing and and these people have day in and day out have gone in and gone about their business and done their job and uh, you know that's that's going to be a big hole in the market and until you know these people are back at it and doing their thing it's 
I, I was just absolutely disgusted when I when I heard how it happened and and the, that whole good riddance thing that that that's as tone deaf as it gets. Yeah. I like whoever whoever thought that was a good idea, um, you know, should maybe be forfeiting their their, their paycheck or their livelihood because uh, that's just that's just so tone deaf. Yeah, it absolutely is, and, and yeah, we have a lot of conversation of that on this episode, but. Um... I, I would like to wrap up with some comments talk, Corey. Uh, maybe just a few minutes here, just to kind of look ahead and look back. We'll just do this in a couple minutes to wrap up here. But looking back at the weekend, um, two very different outcomes for the Comets. You had a good game on Friday night, not so good against the Crunch on Saturday. Uh, I just got through watching last night. Uh, you know what? Let me pull up my sheet here. I got a bunch of stuff. Let's uh, let's dive into the, the guy that I, name I wrote down a lot. Uh, Carson Folk. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, killing penalties, loves to shoot the puck, in a good spot on that second power play unit, skates pretty well, uh, and then I wrote again, really loves to shoot the puck. <laughs> so there's a lot to like, I think, from this Folk kid already. Yeah, he had a couple of near goals in that game, and he uh, he had a really nice play right near right in the dying seconds that uh, he almost set up a goal there, but... Uh, uh, what's his face there? Montembo, Montembo stood on his head and, you know, shut it down. But, uh, you know, I, I've liked what I've seen from him so far. The biggest thing for me is, uh, yeah, it's nice that he's getting around the ice well and, and that he's shooting the puck. And I mean, he's got a, a pretty active stick that I noticed. He's been pretty good at, uh, disrupting plays and, and forcing turnovers. But just for me, the fact watching him, he's a young kid, he's gone out there, and he doesn't really look like a kid that's intimidated so far. I mean, we're going to see that when the pace picks up in these games, once guys are, you know, haven't been sitting for 10 months and are more back and ready to go. But uh, right now, Carson Folk looks like he can keep up. He looks like uh, he's not afraid to get in there and mix it up where he has to. And he looks like he knows where to be on the ice so far. So I've been happy with what I've seen from him. Absolutely, and uh, I'm going to just keep it to one more player next year because I I, uh, I was listening to your, your hit with the K-Rock guys, and I heard them. They said, hey, Corey, can I get your opinion on Gadjevich, Wu, Lind, Verchi? And they ran <laughs> off like six names in a row, and I was just thinking, oh, man, how's Corey going to do this? And then he strung it together somehow uh, on the show, so that was good. But I just want to ask about um, – we'll do two more players here. I, Jet Wu I found like a really interesting – the way that they're going to play him, they, I guess he's playing the right side, but they have a right shot guy on his left side and Mitch Elliott, who we both know Mitch Elliott's a guy who, who likes to move the puck a lot, likes to shoot the puck a lot. But I was seeing Jet Wu maybe engaged a little bit more in offense than I was kind of expecting from what I've heard in the past. Like the kid likes to get shots on net, I think, in a similar way to that we've seen from Ole Levy in the past. Yeah, I think he's going to be an interesting one to watch this year, Chris. I know, I know that the coaching staff uh, is going to be patient with him. Uh, you know, the, he's a young guy, first year in the league. He's going to be he's going to make some mistakes out there. His first game wasn't as good as his second game, so it was you know it was nice to see he got a little bit better yeah. as his minutes came on. Uh, he didn't see uh, he didn't see power play time, right? It was just penalty kill for Wu. Uh, yeah, just penalty kill. Yeah, so I was pretty sure on that. But, um, you know, a guy he's, 
we've heard so many times that Trent Cole doesn't like to play rookies, but here he's got Carson Folk and Will Lockwood and, and Jet Wu all on the penalty kill in their first minutes, basically, in the league. So I'm happy to see that. And uh, that's they're going to put him in positions to succeed. Uh, the thing that, like you say, they've got, uh, they had Mitch Elliott with him in the first game. And uh, I can, sorry, I'm losing my mind here on the second guy's name. I can't remember his name. In the second game, a kid from the St. Louis system. Was it Ranky? Both, no, Ranky's uh, with uh, Tevez on the second pairing. Santini? No, Santini's on the yeah, first pairing with Tucker. Uh, there's only seven defensemen there. He's the other <laughs> one not named Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the fact that uh, Wu is being, he's not really getting a chance to build chemistry with anybody just yet. Uh, so that's going to make things a little bit tougher for him maybe to get going. Uh, but I think the big thing with him is uh, practice time when they're working with him. Like they're, they're keeping him in the lineup. They could have rotated him out after the first game. I, I almost kind of half expected they might Uh, I was happy to see he was back in for the second game so uh, you know and he took a puck in the face I think in the in one of those games too so uh, he's uh, he's been resilient so far I think he's he's the kind of player that we're going to have to really just be patient with him as he grows his game he could be a kind of like Cole and Jonah in their first year where the adjustment is maybe a little bit tougher just at the start and maybe we see him kind of pick up as the season goes on most definitely he doesn't look like the biggest guy out there but you know solid physically for sure and i think pairing him with elliot makes him look a little bit bigger anyways so that's nice for him um yeah i guess we'll get to it now it's gonna probably be like a weekly update uh you know which player we're gonna talk here cole lind um i want to kind of go with the power play here because i i was tweeting out a couple clips late last night around one in the morning uh just because i was watching power plays and like, if you're an AHL player, is there a better spot to be a, on a power play unit than where Cole Lind is right now? I mean, he's got Sam Annis on his right side, the league leader in points last year, league leader in, in assists last year. And then on the left side, you have a guy like Sven Berchi who could play on, I would say, 75% of NHL's second power play units. I think he should be on the Canucks right now from what we've seen early on this year. Uh, for Cole Lind, like, how great is it for him to be in that bumper spot on the first power play unit? Well, again, it's a position for him to succeed. They're, they've put a little more on his plate this year by shifting him to the middle, but uh, I, I think he can handle that. And uh, that spot, like you say, when you've got a premier playmaker and Sam Annis on, on one side, and, and I mean, let's face it, when Berchi was uh, having success at the NHL level, he was uh, a pretty slick playmaker for, for Bo Horvat at the time. So right. uh, he... Cole's got uh, playmakers on both sides of him, which should help him uh, get the puck. But let's face it, Cole's a pretty good playmaker himself. So uh, I think he's—I'm expecting a lot from Cole this year. I, I think it's—it's uh, it's a big year for him. I think the coaching staff is putting a lot of uh, trust in him. We've talked about it before. They want the play to run through him, and they want him to be the guy this year. And he's taken that on, and I think he's very, very serious about uh, about that role. He wants to be the guy. Absolutely, and it's great to see. I mean, he seems to be the guy so far early on this year. I know it's only been two games, but, you know, he's had a good performance in the first game. Second game, not quite as good, but that whole line didn't quite look as good, obviously, in the second game. But um, I guess we'll we'll close out with this because I found it pretty interesting this morning seeing one of the rumors um, from Elite Prospects, I believe it was, about Sven Berchi potentially going back to Switzerland. Um, Or, sorry, not going back, but going to play in Switzerland. There was a rumor of a loan. But uh, Rick Dollywall came out and shot that down. Do you have an update maybe on that situation, Corey? Was it just a rumor? Well, see, I tweeted that, and uh, 
I, I mean, I knew it was coming from elite prospects, so I knew the source, uh, you know, the source of the tweet is obviously a, a, a fairly reliable source. Uh, what I didn't read in the tweet was the, the section, the part that said rumor, so I didn't click on the link, and I didn't click on the source, which, as Cody Sievertson pointed out uh, in a retweet to me, uh, yes, it is a very interesting uh, bit of information, but the the article clearly says that it's at the end of the year that Sven Berchi could be going over uh, once his contract is up uh, because this uh, this coach in Switzerland is thinking it might be a tough uh, road for Sven to, to get another NHL job uh, is more or less what the article was. So well, what, um, that's, that's a league for him to rip it up. <laughs> Say that again? That is a league where he would absolutely rip it up. I looked at some of the other players on that roster, and uh, yeah, if he does want to be the number one guy, that's a spot to go for him if he wants it. Well, if it's a case of Sven has to, uh, you know, reinvent himself or, or take a step away from North America for a season and feel good about his game and, uh, you know, go to a league and dominate for a season, I mean, that that's going home for him. So right. he could go he could go there and he could uh, have a successful season and put himself maybe back on the map for uh, maybe for a team like uh, Seattle who you know they they might be looking to sign a guy from from overseas or or something like that so um, you know I I, I like Sven Berchi the person I, I like Sven Berchi the player I, I like a lot of what he can bring to to a game and and uh, you know I, I hope the best for him I'd like to see him playing in the NHL again one day I just don't think it'll be in Vancouver yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I guess we'll we'll touch on one last final thing here because uh, I missed it this morning uh, because of, like I said, watching Comets games till about 3 a.m. last night. Uh, but the Zoom call this morning, I know they're going to do this on Tuesdays, so that'll probably be a good day for us to record after these Tuesday ones. Uh, but was there anything that you liked, maybe a quote that maybe stuck out from today's meeting? Well, being a goalie guy, um, we, did, we did get a chance to speak with Jake Kiley today and, uh, you know, his game, he, he let in six goals and no goalie wants to let in six goals. Uh, but as a guy who spent all of last year, save for a game and a half in the ECHL um, and me being a guy that used to used to play goal. Uh, I know that goalies like to get a lot of shots early on in a season, uh, early on in a game to kind of get you into a rhythm and get your, your, get your mojo kind of going. I know that coaches don't like to see their team giving up a lot of shots, but I, I specifically asked Kylie if, you know, if that kind of helped him out a little bit to get his season going, getting, uh, you know, all those odd man rushes in that game that he played and, and the odd man opportunities and, and the shots that he faced, like they were, the Comets gave up some pretty high quality shots and they're going to this year with such a, a young green blue line. So I asked him about that and he said, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the coaches don't like it, but as a goalie, you do like to, uh, you know, you get, if you can early on in the season when the team isn't playing well in front of you and, you know, you're seeing odd man rushes two on ones in a game and you can come up big and make that save maybe later on in the season when your team is, is, you know, cooking and you're playing better and, and maybe they accidentally give up a two on one, you're prepared for it because you've seen this movie before. You've got some good muscle memory from that. You can, you're ready for that save. You've got some confidence that you can make the save. So, you know, it's going to be that kind of season in Utica. Uh, the goalies are going to be seeing a lot of rubber and they're going to be quality shots because of, because of the, the young blue line. And, and when we look up front, 
We've got Cole Lind as a center. You know, this is his rookie year as a center, if you want to call it that, at the pro level. Yeah. Lucas Yashik is a winger turned to a centerman. He doesn't have a ton of experience there. Uh, Carson Folk is the third center uh, on that team, and he's a you know he's a, a rookie who doesn't have. He's got two games of pro experience, uh, so. You know, defensively, they're, this team's going to struggle a little bit. So, you know, guys like Jake Kiley and, and John Gillies are, are going to be pretty busy back there. Yeah, most definitely. I thought when you said it was good for you to ask that question, it's because you've given up six goals quite a bit in your career, Corey. I thought that's what you were trying to turn it into. Oh, Chris, <laughs> if you could talk to some of the, the players who've, I, who've I, who I've played hockey with and against, they'd laugh at that. I've given up double digits plenty of times. <laughs> that's good stuff. The, the, uh, the final thing, I just wanted to wrap up with my thoughts and uh, about what I saw from Cole Lynn quickly, too. I, just, I have a bunch of these notes down here, and I took a bunch of clips of it, but I just really liked... Maybe it's because I've been watching the Canucks, you know, obviously so much this year and seeing some of their deficiencies in the in their own zone. And one of them being just making that first little pass from the defenseman to the forward to get out of your own blue line. I just I saw a lot of that from Cole Lynn uh, in the first two games of him just making the right pass right out of the zone to start things off. So I'm hoping that that continues on a little bit more as the season goes on. Did uh, did anything else about Cole Lynn's game kind of catch you by surprise a little bit as a center? Well, I I was kind of hoping his face. He he did a little bit better last year on the faceoffs than what yep. we've seen so far this year. He struggled a little bit on that end, um, but I, I'm not sure where where you're going with this, Chris. What are you what are, what have you got there for me? No, I just uh, it's just some of the clips that I've been saving up. So I gotta I'm gonna use those out kind of in Colin's ability. Uh, to help break things out of his own zone. I just thought he did a right. good job of that. Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap things up there, Corey. Appreciate you coming on the show, talking about 1040. Uh, we weren't even going to talk comments, but I think we kind of had to after the weekend there. Um, how does it kind of set up here for the next week of games? Uh, they play Saturday uh, tentatively against Binghamton. Binghamton's been playing out of New Jersey, and uh, New Jersey has had some pretty, uh, uh, pretty bad COVID issues. Uh, but uh, Binghamton did get to play there the other day so hopefully, fingers crossed the, the game will still be happening on, on Saturday and it's an afternoon game, it'll be one in the afternoon so uh, if you're watching that one Chris, be ready for it it's a, it's an earlier game, it's a matinee Perfect. Um, one in the afternoon our time I should be uh, clear on that it's not uh, not eastern it's pacific yeah. <laughs> yeah. you'll have the, but, the Utica uh, folks yeah, getting so just the one game this week <laughs> and uh, so it'll be a, a little bit, little bit briefer a little more brief of a wrap up uh, on Canucks Army this week. Awesome. Well, sounds good. Uh, we'll be chatting again next week. Hopefully we have a game to talk about then. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, we'll maybe be really deep diving into these first two games of the year. But thanks for doing this, Corey. Uh, we'll chat again next week. Sounds good, Chris. All right, guys. And joining us now to close out the episode, I believe he's our favorite teacher at BCIT. Also from BCIT Radio, Brian Weeb of the BCHL Network, of course, as well. BCHL Elite Prospects, pretty much anywhere with hockey in the name. He's probably working there. Uh, But he's our our guy here to talk about the situation with TSN 1040. Um, I guess we'll just get started right off the top. Brian, when we saw some cuts at, um, at Bell Media over the past week and nothing affected TSN, I think a lot of people in this market were pretty happy, you know. TSN has been here for 20 years, or at least 1040 has been here for 20 years. The product that they put out is top-notch. It's the best sports talk in this market, and I'm saying that as a 650 in place, so hopefully not listening to this. Um, but I just wanted to get your opinion on what you thought, because I asked you in class today, has this ever sort of happened where a whole station is just shut down in one day, in the middle of a show? Um, I mean, it, stations have changed formats in this way lots of times. 
Um, I mean, that, that's what happens in the industry. I mean, it, it has to happen at some point during someone's show if the higher ups decide to change the format. And so um, I think that, that part itself isn't that abnormal. Um, I mean, that's happened to sports stations in this market before. I mean, Mojo on, on AM 730, uh, when it switched, um, I mean, that was something that, I mean, they had to switch during someone's show like that, that just happens. Um, but I think that what, what sort of came out of the woodwork in the way that it happened in terms of, uh, um, uh, informing the employees is what is unique about this situation. So, uh, just changing in the middle of someone's show, I, that's not that abnormal, to be honest. I guess the thing that shocked everyone, I think, so much was when you look around, you see some certain markets across Canada that do have, you know, two sports stations or potentially even more, maybe that aren't from the major companies like Rogers or Bell. But I mean, TSN was doing the second best numbers. We saw the numbers of interaction that they had from the TSN networks. And, you know, this is a radio station that has really earned its stripes here in this Vancouver market. And I think to see them get shut down so many people because there's so many talented guys and girls now that out of a job just in the snap of a finger from the guys higher up at bell yeah i mean and and that is the shocking thing is that it's the legacy brand when it comes to sports radio uh in vancouver and look at the and it's funny i I said it before um sports and 50 on the year and anyone that took my sports broadcasting course um prior to them signing on a few years ago heard me say this that I thought this market could sustain two sports radio stations. Um, and just based on the structure of companies, the CRTC will only allow any one company to own two AM, two FM. Mm-hmm. And so there were only so many like major companies in Vancouver that could buy another AM station uh, to do it. And it just happened to be that Rogers was one of the ones that didn't have another AM. It had, it had two FM and, and then News 1130 at the time. And uh, when that, like I said that for years was, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it was something that I thought, you know what, this is the third largest market in, in the country um, with a feverish fan base for the hockey team, especially. Um, I just always thought that there would be enough of a market uh, to support two stations. Um, and, I, and you know what? I still believe that. I actually still believe that. I don't think that this is um, something that has happened because the higher ups at Bell think that the station isn't feasible. It's just not feasible enough for their life. Now, Brian, it's really interesting. You mentioned the sports broadcasting class, a class both Chris and I took, but for students coming into that class and even into the radio arts and entertainment program, what do you tell them when they see these kind of discouraging layoffs? Like what would you say to anybody listening right now who's thinking about getting into sports media? Well, I think that, I mean, with my sports broadcasting course, and, and you both know from taking it, it's just a taste. Like, and and the, the, the number of students that I have in that class run the gamut from, hey, it looked kind of cool, I want to take it, to, um, hey, this is maybe a foot in the door to a, a, a bigger career path for me. Um, and so it's it sort of really... Is it or or hey, I need three credits, so I'm going to take it. Like, I mean, really, <laughs> that course is one because it's a part-time course. Uh, it's in the evenings. There's no prerequisites. I get a huge cross-section of type of student in that course. So I don't necessarily think that. I hope that students come into that class with eyes wide open and being like, "You're not going to get a job from that course anyway." Um, like that's no one's going to take that one Thursday night class, and then someone's going to go, "Wow, you took Brian's class. I'm going to hire you." Like, that's just not. 
that's not realistic, right? Um, but the full, like the full-time diploma programs in radio arts entertainment or TV and video production or broadcast online journalism, um, I, on the radio arts entertainment side, which I both, you know, both you are students in, um, I just, I, I hope that we've made the emphasis enough. And I, I had someone tag me on Twitter being like, hey, good luck to Brian for trying to fill this program, you know, after, on a day like today. And I think that like we had a, a major curriculum review Oh man, six, seven years ago where we were like, we can't teach radio anymore. Like it, that can't be our sole focus anymore because that's not where the industry is going. It's changing. And so we like to think that our, the skills that our students are learning are, are diversified to the point where they can take the skills and yeah, they could go to a radio station or they could do a bunch of other things. And so, and we're seeing that with our grads too, in terms of doing a bunch of other things, whether that's other schooling or whether that's different industries or, or whatever. Um, so that's what I say, David, is the fact that like the skills anyone's going to get in our program with a diploma at the end of two years. Yeah, you can go work in radio for sure. You're qualified to do that, but you're also qualified to do a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. And uh, I forgot it in the intro, but uh, you actually worked at TSN 1040 or Team 1040 back in the day as well. I think I saw you tweeting about uh, Brian. And and obviously, I think you brought up a good point in that tweet. Maybe it was the tweet prior to that in the thread. But you said that, you know, that was your first year at BCIT, I think is what you said. And you've been listening for 20 years. And I I just want to get your opinion on maybe some of the like the way that 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 station has been able to do something so different and come in as a sports market. I mean, we've seen the struggles for 650 when they've came in, but 1040 just seemed to do a good job of establishing their own brand and doing a certain thing, a certain way and being the best at it. Uh, just looking back at the 20 years now, like, it, did you think that the outcry on Twitter was too much maybe from what we saw today, or do you think it was just right? Or maybe not even just, maybe not even enough because there was a lot uh, we saw online today. Well, keep in mind too that that your Twitter feed and mine is in a vacuum, right? Like the, the fact the fact is that we're following people that are likely listeners of 1040, um, or at least have an interest in sports media and sports in general. So, it, and I'm not trying to downplay the out, the outrage because I, I think that it's fitting. But again, I don't think that the outrage is necessarily as much that this happened; it's how it happened and why it happened. Um, and the how and the why is the ugly part because obviously Bell has its Bell Let's Talk, you know, big mental health initiative donates millions of dollars to mental health initiatives. And then they've got people with wives and husbands and families that are now out of work a week later. Um, just because yet yeah, the company made almost a billion dollars last year. So let's talk about that, right? Like that's what people are talking about in the fact that it's like, how can you do that knowing in a pandemic? knowing the type of effect that's going to have on all of those people's mental health. And then on top of that, you say, you've got a half an hour to get your stuff and get out of the building. Like that, that's going to impact someone's self-worth. It's going to impact someone's confidence. Like it's not, it's going to shatter some people. I know there's others that are going out heads very high, but there are also others that are heads low. Um, And they shouldn't be Mm -hmm. because they did great work, but that's where you go, okay, company, what matters here, dollars or people? And so I think that that's where the outrage is appropriately aimed, Chris, to be honest. Um, because I, I, again, I hate to say it, stations change formats and staff all the time. Like, and I, I don't mean like a specific station does, but across the industry, that kind of stuff happens all the time. But to completely shut down a station and change this format to one 
that as far as we know, won't have local personalities, um, won't have many people, if any, in a studio operating it. Um, and we don't know that yet. at the time of this recording, we really don't know. Um, and we also don't know exactly who was affected at 1040 other than those that have gone public. Like, like obviously all the on-air staff we know because those are the ones that we hear and see. Behind the scenes, we know of a handful, but we don't know. Like there, there's going to be people there that still have jobs. And the challenge with that obviously is that you've got, you're going to have some, some remorse. Like you feel bad for your colleagues and you're guilty because you're like, you feel guilty because you're like, I have a job still. And this person doesn't, and they're insanely talented. So I think that that's where the venom on Twitter is actually um, fairly aimed, is, is, the, is the how and the why. Okay, Brian, you're the radio guy. What the hell is a comedy station? And does it have any <laughs> chance of being successful in Vancouver? Um, <laughs> I don't know. There, you know what? There's a lot of insanely talented comedians in Vancouver. Um, there really are. I think Vancouver has a, has a bustling comedy scene, to be honest. Um, whether or not funny 1040 is going to tap into that, I don't know. Um, I, I'd be willing to bet not. But you know what? It ultimately doesn't matter, I think, in Bell's eyes. In Bell's eyes, um, I mean, and a comedy station is, is exactly what you would imagine that it is. It's, it's t- still talk radio. Like, it's absolutely still talk radio. It's going to be a lot of Canadian content. Um, because again, the comedy scene here in Canada is quite um, prolific, actually. And so, will it be successful? I don't think the ratings will be better than 1040, but it's going to cost a heck of a lot less to run. Absolutely. I just, yeah, it, <laughs> I just think that from the backlash and when you're in this market, nobody here in Vancouver is going to want to tune into that from it. But um, I, I want to get your opinion because, Brian, like you said, you've been an avid listener just like Quads and I have been. Uh, you've been listening probably as long as Quads has been alive. Um, that's a shot at Quads, not at you, Brian. But uh, <laughs> Thanks. The gray yeah, is I, honest, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some grays too. But um, uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on maybe some of your favorite moments over the years at 1040. And I got to uh, say this before you answer, we're skipping the poker one. We're okay. Skipping. All right. Everybody knows the poker one is unreal. So let's, let's see if you got some other ones you can dig up. Uh, well, one of, one of my absolute favorites is, um, was, when, was when Ryan was trying to pronounce Pharaoh. Um, and, and he just couldn't, like, the, the, like in horse racing. Yeah. And, and he said, like, Paroa. And, like, he, he like, legitimately thought that that was how it was pronounced. Like he was just looking at it and was like, no, that's, that's Paroa. Um, so that's, that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think what, <laughs> I mean, outside of like, and, and I guess you're talking specifically about the personalities because obviously through all the Canucks coverage, mm-hmm. like there's insane, like the 2011 run was entirely on 1040. Right. Right. Um, and so there's a lot there, like even Luongo, my contract sucks. Like that's audio on 1040. Um, but I think that, so, so the Ryan incident is one, um, Jeff Patterson calling Sidney Crosby's golden goal is hilarious to me too, because <laughs> they didn't have the radio rights. And so Jeff was in studio or probably down at Olympic plaza or wherever hosting a show and he's told this story before when he's coming to my class um and and so he was down at some other location and he's literally like watching 
the game on TV and describing what's happening, but he can't give like exact play-by-play because he's not calling the game. Right? <laughs> so he's doing a talk show, but he's trying to describe what's happening in overtime against the U.S. in the gold medal game. And then, of course, Jeff Crosby scores. Jeff gets super excited, and but it's like, it, it's not like, first off, how many people are actually listening to that on the yeah. radio and not the game? <laughs> Right. Like you're, if you're going to listen to anything on gold medal game, like that Sunday, you're going to listen to the game. You're not going to listen to Jeff hosting a show talking about the game. Uh, so that's one, that's one of my favorite moments too, which is kind of strange too, because CTV did have the rights. So, you know, the, the broadcaster in the building had the TV rights, but 1040 didn't have the radio rights. Mm. And so as a result, there's Jeff hosting this show. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the great battles with, uh, with Ferraro and Pratt, um, I thought it was like one of Julio Caravetta's stories where he talked about his dad, um, yeah. you know, like where, where like the story that I, that dawns on me like right away is when Julio's wearing a Nike shirt and, and his dad is like, who's, Nick? what's your shirt say, Nick? And they're like sitting down to eat dinner and, and like, Julio's like, what do you mean? Like, dad, what are you talking about? Nick? He's like, Nick, your shirt says Nick. And he's like, no, it's Nike. This <laughs> is great. Um, so, so there's, there's lots, there's lots, Chris, for sure. I mean, Luongo's pump my tires. Like there's great stories from John McKeechee too. Like there's a classmate of mine, Bonnie DeBartolo, uh, who does play by play for the Chilliwack Chiefs. And like he, we graduated together from BCIT and there's a, there's a clip out there, which I actually have of him and, uh, and John McKeechee. And like, it's called Google of Casting. Mm. And it like, it's just hilarious because at one point you hear John and he's like, Bonnie. And like, if you know, John, he's got like the super deep broadcast guy voice. Um, so that's great. There's lots, there's lots. Brian, we, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day. Uh, hopefully Chris and I both finished with A's in your class. So uh, this was not, this <laughs> was not to pump our grades up, but uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. So when you chop this up to make me sound stupid, that's when I'll know that where the grades go. <laughs> David just hey if we can do that that sounds like a bonus assignment actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure guys I'll, yeah, thanks I'll for any time appreciate it thanks and a huge thank you once again to Brian Weeb Corey Hergott and all of our sponsors of this great show if you're still listening and you're a first-time listener be sure to hit subscribe leave a review and check us out on Saturday because that's when we'll be bringing the heat. We'll be back to your regularly scheduled Canucks content. It just didn't feel right talking Canucks on a day where so many people weren't afforded that same opportunity and won't be afforded that same opportunity going forward with their work. Chris, this was a this was a weird episode. I think this is probably one of the more one of the more sad episodes we've done. So, you know, it was it was it was weird to do this episode, but I'm glad we did, and I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever we're the hand we're dealt here, um, and the hand that these people were dealt was a lot worse. But just getting the content out and talking about it was a little bit therapeutic for for myself, I think. Here, so yeah, appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the reins on this one and hosting this one, and we'll be back Saturday with, uh, yeah, like you said, regularly scheduled programming, uh, talking Canucks. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on from this. We'll obviously talk to our friends and, and you know, other people around in the media that lost their jobs today. We'll keep in contact with them. You know, I think a lot of people are sending their thoughts out to them on social media and keep doing that. These people 
uh, are in a tough spot right now. And I, and I know from seeing some of the videos that they've posted, I think I just saw Jason Bruff's uh, video. And, you know, these guys really appreciate uh, all the support that we've seen on social media. So keep pumping that out. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good here. We'll be back to, to uh, you know, hockey and Canucks talk on Saturday. So, yeah, thanks for hosting, Quads. Absolutely. It's my pleasure whenever you let me host. You just keep doing that editing, though, buddy. I really appreciate it. You want to edit? No, not a chance. I said you keep doing it. So, oh, for Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli. You have been listening to the Canucks Conversation. Hello, thank you for calling Thomas Drance. 